Nation. It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. Last night's Purdue game, busy weekend of high school sectionals. So we'll get into a, a lot of stuff with him. He's joining us about 3.15, so he's about 15 minutes away. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. It is your Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. It is all ours and ours alone. Purdue, with a 63-61 win in Madison last night, leaves no doubts. Your Big Ten champions are Purdue and Purdue alone. Zach Eady, 17 points, 19 rebounds last night. Good Lord. Purdue's opponent on Sunday, Illinois, took care of Michigan in double OT. They won 91-87. That would have uh, knocked out Michigan anyway and given Purdue the title. I'd much rather do it with a win. So Purdue will take sole possession of the Big Ten title, number 25 for them. Uh, elsewhere last night, Minnesota with an amazing comeback to beat Rutgers in the last minute, 75 to uh, 74. The final in that one. I honestly cannot believe just how quickly Rutgers let that thing get away from them. Because I mean, they were cruising there right before the Purdue game. They were cruising. I think they were up like what nine. And then I'm still trying to explain what in the heck happened. It was 69 to 60 with 115 left to go. And Rutgers had that nine point lead. It's, it's amazing what happened. Minnesota gets their second win in the Big Ten season, eighth on the year. That's going to cause, that could potentially cause some problems there for Rutgers. Penn State wins over the weekend uh, against them, and uh, Rutgers slides down the Big Ten scale here. Look, there are a lot of scenarios. There are 129 different scenarios for seeding for the Big Ten tournament as of today, and everybody has one game left. Uh, Everybody will play Sunday except for uh, Michigan State. I think it's Ohio State is Saturday. We know who the one seed is. We know who the bottom two seeds are. Everything else is up for grabs this weekend. That is insane. A win Sunday too uh, gives the Illini a or gives the Purdue a win and um, a, a three game victory in the conference. I mean, Alan Carpick, listen to him coming up here in the uh, in the Boiler Basketball Show. He said something like 219 seasons of Big Ten basketball. And this will be like only the 19th time 
that the conference has been won by three games or more. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Not to be outdone. How about your Purdue women's basketball team? Oh my goodness. What a final. Jayla Smith out of nowhere. Bang! Hits the uh, hits the big winner. And Purdue rolls on. They needed that one too. Purdue completes the largest comeback in the Big Ten tourney since 2005. Down uh, was what, 18 at one point? Abby Ellis with 19 points, 12 of those in the second half. Boilermakers held uh, on to or head to the quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament for the first time since 2020. They'll square off with number two Iowa 6:30 BTN tonight. Cassidy Harden, when she takes the court, will uh, eclipse Danielle Campbell's Purdue record for appearances with the program with 141 total. So there you go with that. And that was just a phenomenal game. I they fought so hard. Abby had that amazing uh, score there with uh, that second to last possession. And Wisconsin comes down there and hits that shot, and you're like, oh, no. But, nope, Jayla Smith got your back. Katie Gerald's obliterated a water bottle in her celebration. She was so excited. And here you go. Uh, semifinals today in the uh, boys' basketball sectionals. Faith Christian is at Fountain Central to try to beat a Rossville squad that the program has never beaten in its short history. That's a 7.30 tip-off there. Over at Kokomo, Harrison tries to knock off the state's uh, top player in the class of 2024. And Flory Bedinga and uh, Bedunga, sorry, and uh, number 5 Kokomo. So they'll have their hands full. That tip-off's at 6 p.m. That'll be followed by McCutcheon and Marion. Down at Frankfurt, Twin Lakes still in it. They'll take on Western at 6 o'clock, followed by Benton Central and Rensselaer Central. Delphi has Clinton Prairie taking on the Oracles at 6 p.m., followed by Covington and Carroll. Blackhawks with uh, their third loss in a row, 5-2 to two to Dallas. Chicago actually tied this one up with Dallas in the second before the Stars put up three straight. Uh, Max Domi also traded to Dallas before the game. Domi, uh, along with uh, minor linger uh, Dylan Wells, go to uh, the Stars in exchange for goalie Anton Hudobin and a 2025 second round pick. Blackhawks just moved everybody as expected. Lots of draft capital in those trades. They have 11 picks in the upcoming 2023 draft, nine picks in 2024, and another nine picks in 2025. And it's just not the uh, end of the draft picks either. They have two first rounders in each of those drafts. And if he hits those escalators, Patrick Kane will give them a third first round pick in the upcoming draft. They're also one of the strongest contenders to win the draft lottery. They have the second fewest points in the NHL. They win the lottery. They could take uh, the number one pick, Connor Bedard, who everybody is clamoring over. The Blackhawks are primed for the rebuild. Pacers with no Tyrese Halliburton lose to San Antonio 110-99. Buddy Heald with 27 points. Pacers swept on the season by the Spurs. We'll head up to Chicago on Sunday night. Uh, speaking of those Bulls, they are hosting the Suns tonight as three-and-a-half-point home dogs. There you go. That would be today's need-to-know news. I may have to give up the sports game. My goodness. Despite all that great data on Purdue and Wisconsin, we don't get the cover last night. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. But 
what can you do? You know, I, I knew Zach would have a good night, but maybe we should have just stuck to the rebounds and just ladder those rebounds. That was a rough one. It was rough. And when I give you uh, Florida, too, they're supposed to get revenge on Nashville. They were at home, and they laid an egg. <sighs> what can you do? Well, Purdue probably should have covered. And go back and look at the box score. What, they shoot 60% from the free throw line, 11 of 18? Ugh. How many of those dunks early on where Zach Eady got fouled should have gone in? I mean, there you go. You would have had it again there. It just, ugh. Bad break for us. No Big Ten tonight. And I'll, I'll be honest, I've lost all confidence in the picks right now. Lost all confidence. I need something. So I got to, I, I try to dive into it, and I just, I'll, I'll listen to somebody much smarter than me on this. Martin Nikas plays for Carolina Hurricanes. They're taking on Arizona. Arizona gives up the most shots in the league. And you need Martin here to score or to hit three shots on goal. Minus 120. Hits in 72% of his away games. Gotta have it. Martin Nikas versus Arizona. Over two and a half shots. That's good value for the shots there for somebody that against, like I said, an Arizona team that gives up the most shots in the entire league. And Carolina is one of the better shooting teams. So uh, please, Martin, please. I'm going to put my little hands together. We're going to say a little sports prayer for the sports gods. It has been an absolutely terrible week on this front for me and a lot of other fronts. been a terrible week. I'm ready to just wash the slate clean and get everything started over again. Oh, man, we have got, we, we just, I never hate, I hate losing. But it's always especially hard when you do all the research and you have all the numbers and all the evidence to go, here, this all makes sense. Boom. And then somebody just comes out and they just, uh, they lay the egg. That hurts. That's all right. We're going we're gonna to keep coming back for more, that's for sure. Sam King coming up next. Lafayette Journal and Courier, he's my guest next. We're going to talk a little Purdue basketball with him. We'll also uh, talk a little bit about what's left in the uh, boys' high school basketball sectional. So stick around. Good buddy Sam King is next on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Let's go over to our Blue Fox heating and cooling hammerhead hotline. We love bringing him in on a Friday. It's our good buddy Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier. Uh, he does it all over there in the sports department for the Journal and Courier, and uh, we are lucky to have him. Sam, a uh, happy Friday to you. Uh, let's get into uh, Purdue here in just a moment, but first, I mean, it is March in Indiana, and uh, it is sectional times here. Semifinals tonight in, in boys' basketball. Um, you know, there's still a few area teams that are left here in the city. I know you get out in the in the burbs and the surrounding counties, uh, you get a few more teams. But um, I, I look at, you know, most of the big action over in Kokomo tonight when you've got uh, one of the top players in, uh, in, in, the, in the state and Top five team in Kokomo. You know, Harrison got their hands full. And, of course, McCutcheon over there competing in Marion tonight. Uh, can we see, is it a possibility that we see a uh, local uh, Lafayette team make it into the finals on Saturday? Uh, I mean, it's possible. And, um, you know, either one of those teams really could win, McCutcheon or Harrison, but uh, not very likely. Um, I think that, you know, just 
I think Lafayette Jeff probably would have matched up better against Kokomo had Lafayette Jeff beat Harrison, but uh, Harrison went on this great run on Tuesday and uh, knocked the Broncos out of the tournament. And so now you've got uh, you got three days to really kind of prepare. And how are we going to guard Flory Badunga? Uh, because it, it starts and ends with him as far as Kokomo goes. So I'm sure they have a great game plan together. They knew all season long, basically, if we're going to win a sectional championship, we've got to go through that team. So uh, they'll have something in place, I'm sure. It'll be uh, some sort of gimmick gadget double team type thing that, that we've become accustomed to seeing on Zach Eady and Purdue games. So, um, but Harrison's good enough to win the game. Harrison has the players that um, can compete. Uh, it's just, they don't have a, a seven footer or even a, you know, six ten guy that can match up with him one-on-one. So um, that is an X factor. How do you guard Flory Badunga? And if you can limit him, which is what Jeff did during the regular season, um, I think that you've got a chance to win. Um, McCutcheon's had some struggles this year, obviously, but, uh, at times has won some games that you didn't think they, they would. Uh, be, I think they beat Benton Central. They beat Lafayette Jeff. Um, just won some games that you were kind of like, oh, I, I did not see that coming. And um, I think that with McCutcheon, the key is really going to be can they hit outside shots. Uh, the team doesn't have a lot of size, but uh, has some shooters. Uh, just, you know, maybe one of those days where you can get hot and hit 12, 14 three-pointers and, and find a way to win. Talk with Sam King, the uh, Journal Courier here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Are, are there any other regional uh, schools here that are still competing that uh, kind of pique your interest in a matchup tonight? Anything where you're like, hey, uh, I'd like to get out and see those guys? Oh, I went and saw Benton Central because of a 17 sectional at Frankfurt. Uh, that goes Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So that allowed me to actually get to a, a sectional on Wednesday and see Benton Central and Rensselaer. And I think that's going to be a a really, really good game tonight uh, between those two, uh, both Hoosier, Hoosier Conference schools. So, uh, you know, I thought going into that bracket, there were three, four, maybe five teams that could have won it. And um, now you look at that game, and uh, the, the winner of that game tonight has an inside track to win a sectional. And it would be a huge deal for Benton Central, which hasn't won a sectional in 21 years. It would be a huge deal for Rensselaer, which uh, bumped up to Class 3A this year and, um, you know, has a chance to prove itself after having already won the Hoosier Conference earlier this season. Can you just uh, – are you going to get a break before baseball season? Is that going to happen? I'm going to find a way to make it happen. Uh, right now I've got <laughs> to go uh, swim through my backyard to get the grill that just rolled off the deck. So um, You mean floated? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's rough out there. Sam King with us here from the uh, Journal and Courier and the uh, Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Sam, let's get into uh, this Purdue basketball team. Um, look, look, great night for Purdue fans. I, I don't want to uh, slight Katie Gerald's and company, uh, Jayla Smith knocking down that shot. I need to learn that uh, Abby Ellis Euro step through, no look reverse like layup thing that she does so well. Uh, but uh, I, I want to talk about the men uh, for a few minutes here. Uh, they get the win last night at Wisconsin. I know it's probably not that dominating win that fans probably wanted to see, especially after the loss at Indiana and in Awkward Sunday where you know you, you you win the title on Sunday but you lost to Indiana just it doesn't feel right to kind of sell I mean it was a real weird place on Sunday but they come back out and uh, they they fight and they, they get a win at a place that traditionally is not easy to go into and do it uh, what were your immediate thoughts uh, after uh, Thursday night's win Well considering Wisconsin is playing for its NCAA NCAA tournament lives I felt like it was going to be uh, you know pretty was going to get a great shot from the Badgers, and 
unfortunately, Wisconsin's just having one of those years where every game that happens to be, you know, one or two possessions seems to go against uh, go against that team. So, oh darn! Yeah, the the record doesn't <laughs> look great. The team has been competitive in a lot of games, and whether it's uh, you know free throws at the end by Purdue or Hunter Dickinson throwing in a, a garbage three that that goes into force overtime, um, things are just you know snowballing for that team. But uh, the biggest takeaway that I saw was um, Zach Eady came out of the locker room and he had a huge smile on his face. And if anybody saw the press conference after the the Indiana game at Mackey, um, it was it was tough to go through. I think we asked two or three questions, quickly realized we weren't going to get any answers. Um, it was a lot of one- and two-word answers or, you know, short sentences that don't amount to anything when you're trying to write something up. Um, and it was totally uh, different, just the, the way the players were handling themselves. I think that it was a good bounce back for them, um, especially because, you know, the guys who were here last year mentioned – you know, we had a chance to win the Big Ten last year at Wisconsin, and we lost. And we got to see Wisconsin celebrate a Big Ten championship at our expense. So um, even though I don't take uh, Brandon Newman's quotes, um, you know, to heart, he did say maybe it was silver lining that we lost to IU because we got to come to Wisconsin, the place that we did we lost last year, um, and complete the Big Ten. Um, now, that championship was decided outright before that game finished, but the players didn't know that. Matt Painter knew that because he asked somebody at halftime, but he didn't tell the team. The team still thought we have to beat Wisconsin, and that's what he wanted them focused on. So uh, I think that was a good uh, kind of strategy there. It's like, hey, let these guys think that they're playing for an outright Big Ten championship, even though it's already decided. And um, you saw some guys step up, some you know, some probably depth that's needed. Um, Mason Gillis got a start. Brandon Newman got a start, and both of them did pretty well. Um, I don't know that you got a whole lot um, off the bench other than, than Ethan Morton maybe getting decked in the face and hitting two threes, but uh, I think that things are starting to come around maybe is, is the biggest takeaway from that game is if Brandon Newman can get some confidence, if you know Caleb First can get some confidence, whether he's starting or coming off the bench, um, those are things that win you games in the NCAA tournament. You know, Sam, we always talk about in uh, sports that have the seven-game series or five-game series, you know, winning that last one, that clinching one, seems to always be the, you know, you, you know, the toughest. Did you get a sense around that team that maybe there was a little bit of anxiety with that still hanging out there? Like, you got to share, but you should win the sole uh, possession of the Big Ten title. Did you, do you feel like there was a little bit of anxiety, worry, kind of like a, a mental block there with trying to go out there and, and get the win ahead of that game? Um, I feel like there's probably pressure, especially when you, you know, are so far ahead of the field uh, just a few weeks ago, and it felt like a foregone conclusion. Um, but, no, I think that the probably the, the thing that this team did was try to maybe kind of forget about that a little bit. Um, Fletcher Lawyer mentioned that after, he, you know, he hadn't hit a shot in what seemed like forever. Um, and last night he the one in the first half who was getting to his spots in the mid-range and hitting those, and then he hits a three, and then he's got 13 points at the end of the game. And he said, listen, I was just going to go out there and do my thing. And he said it didn't matter if it was uh, for a Big Ten championship or a random Thursday night game. Uh, we needed to, to approach the game exactly like we did. And I know it was ugly to watch at times. Um, I was there. It's, uh, you know, it's frustrating because you feel like those shots are, have got to go in at some point. Um, and they're not, and then you you know you lose a, a guy that I didn't even know who uh, 
one of the players on Wisconsin was, and he goes out there and hits three straight shots and has eight points in the first half. So um, those things are frustrating. But I think that, you know, the biggest thing is it feels good to win, and Purdue needed to go on the road, be the, a quality opponent, and take that into Sunday where, you know, with the emotions of senior night and everything else, uh, I had to imagine that Purdue's going to get a win against Illinois and go into the Big Ten tournament with a little bit of momentum. Talking with Sam King of the Journal and Courier on our Hammerhead Hotline. Um, you know, Matt Painter played with the lineups a little bit last night. You know, he subs in uh, uh, Brandon Newman to get the start there, and um, you know, Ethan Morton comes off the bench. We saw a lot of uh, uh, little Trey, uh, a Trey Kaufman run along with Zach Eady, which I thought was really intriguing. Um, did Matt Painter feel a need to have to do this? Was it just a, I have to shake it up? We got to try something new. Uh, why all of a sudden did we see some new combinations last night? Well, with Newman, it was um, anybody would understand if they watched the IU game at Mackey because it felt like some of the guys were just going through motions at times, and, and Brandon Newman is diving on the floor for loose balls, um, you know, knocking the ball out of bounds, and just throwing his fist in the air in celebration. And I think that. They saw that and said, hey, this guy, you know, he, he realizes that this is his opportunity to maybe win a Big Ten championship, which is exactly why these players are at Purdue right now. And he's playing like he's got nothing to lose. And they wanted that energy maybe at the start of the game a little bit. So he goes out there and starts the game and uh, brought it from the get-go with a couple steals and layups. And uh, the only thing he said he was frustrated with was that he, he didn't dunk one of those home, but probably was a wise decision to lay both of them up. Um, and yeah, I, I think you want to tinker a little bit. And I think, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I think the fact that the big 10 was decided outright allowed you a little flexibility to say, you know, we're in this situation. Let's see if it works. If we put Kaufman at the four and have him play with Zach Eady, or, you know, if we, um, you know, whatever they, they plan to do, they, you know, we've seen David Jenkins run the point quite a bit this year. I think um, they let Fletcher bring the ball up the court uh, a few times last night, too. So um, maybe a couple different things, but uh, just, like, do we have this in our bag of tricks if we have to go uh, to this, maybe? Uh, talking with uh, Sam King of the uh, Journal and Curry. Sam, before uh, we wrap things up, uh, I-, I don't know if you got a chance. Uh, you said you were up in Madison, but um, uh, you know, obviously the-, the women's team advancing to take on uh, Iowa here tonight, uh, I-, I thought they 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 needed that win because they did not have the Michigan State game uh, for the reasons I think everybody knows uh, they were kind of on the bubble in the uh, in the bracketology. But um, I don't know how much of a chance you've had to get around uh, this team and, and Coach Gerald's this year. But boy, they're just there's something about it that just it, it just seems like it's the right squad at the right time. I don't expect it to win the Big Ten tournament. I don't expect them to to make it to a Final Four, but. In the course of rebuilding what that program needs to be, it just feels like everything's the right place at the right time and it's keeping things on schedule. Yeah, the, the fact that this team is 19-9 and right now is probably um, a shock to many. And it's definitely, you know, trending in the right direction from where you were two years ago to last year where uh, Katie Gerald takes this team over right before the season starts, basically, and they get through the second round of the WNIT. And then it felt like, okay, the next step is we've got to get into the NCAA tournament. And you uh, not only did Purdue lose that game against uh, Michigan State because of the tragedy, uh, it also withdrew from a tournament in Las Vegas um, back early in the season because of, you know, the situation. IU women went there and played in a tournament run by the same organization, and it was basically 
we put a, a wedding dance floor in a, a convention center or something like that. Oh yeah, it was horrendous. Yeah, and they missed they they missed a preliminary game. I know they did get to go down and play that Texas A and M game, and what happens? They get themselves a road win too, which was huge. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And then uh, you know, so you look maybe at those two games that they didn't play. If those are both wins, you're in the t- tournament, no doubt. Uh, and then you lose at Minnesota in your last regular season game, which was a bad loss, especially considering some of the wins that Purdue's had recently. Um, and you think, oh, you know, if you were in the tournament, you might be on the wrong side of it now, of uh, that bubble. And it felt like you have to beat Wisconsin in the first round of the, the Big Ten tournament to at least put yourself back on the right side of that bubble. And, you know, now you, you win that game and you hope it's enough, but you know, if you beat Iowa, you're definitely in. So I think that that's uh, maybe an approach to take tonight. Um, Iowa's going to be a heavy favorite, obviously, but um, that would be a huge notch uh, on Purdue's resume if if it can pull this off tonight. And they're already warmed up. They already know how to shoot on that court, and uh, maybe they can take advantage of it. We'll keep our fingers crossed and we'll be watching uh, the women tip off at uh, 6.30 on Big Ten Network. Sam, I know you're an extremely busy guy. I know it's going to be another extremely busy weekend for you. So, uh, as always, I thank you for uh, carving out some time for us and the listeners here on uh, on Friday. We know how hard you work, man. So, uh, really do appreciate it. Great insight, as always. And, uh, and hopefully we can uh, talk a little bit uh, next week to you, all right? Sounds good. Thanks all right, thanks, me. Sam. Take care, buddy. All right, we're going to take another break. Hang tight. We'll come back. More Hammer Down Show here on 101. Again, big salute to Sam. We're real lucky to have him on all the time. Really are. Good stuff on sectionals tonight and uh, great stuff on uh, Purdue basketball. So uh, we'll get everything reposted up on our Facebook. Uh, not on our Twitter page, apparently. I don't know if you've if you been listening to the show this week. We have no movement on this. Elon dragging his feet here. It got act. Somebody took it over. Not posting anything. Just changed their name. Left the handle. And it's just sitting there. So I don't. We may be talking next week about a brand new Twitter page for the station. It's great. Probably shouldn't have made the password IU sucks seven six five. Probably shouldn't have done that. Anyway, uh, see, it was a joke. Um, <laughs> this is a crazy way to end the Big Ten season with um, just so many teams that are locked in with the same record from two. To uh, what are we down to? Like nine? Maryland, Indiana, Illinois, Northwestern, Iowa, Michigan are all at eleven and eight. If Michigan State had played that game against Minnesota that they missed after the uh, on-campus um, shooting in East Lansing uh, a few weeks ago, um, you would think that they would also be at eleven and eight, and we would have all those teams up for you know a lot of things up for grabs. So Michigan State can actually still get a win this weekend and go to 11 and 8. And uh you know there's going to be some 11 and 9 teams that they're going to go ahead and beat by a half a game. But again, they it was going to be Minnesota. I it's not the I think I'm okay. I'm, I'm not going to swear that this was, you know, not fair. So you, got, you still have a lot up for grabs here. That's my point. So we're trying to sort this whole thing out, and I did see this on Twitter today. Somebody posted a handy-dandy graph, and it was like 129 different possibilities on the seating. That's how many we got. Everybody has one game left, and we have 129 different outcomes. We do know for a fact that Purdue is the one seed. That can't change. 
We know that Penn State, uh, not Penn State, Ohio State is the 13 seed. That can't change. We know that Minnesota is the 14 seed. That can't change. We also know when it comes to 10 and 11 and 12 that there are only three teams that can uh, end up that 11 and 12 and be playing on day one of the Big Ten tournament. Those three teams include Nebraska, Penn State, and Wisconsin. That part probably doesn't interest you. You're, you're wondering at the top part of, of what it looks like. So um, I had seen there was a nifty chart that was posted here. I'm not sure who this gentleman is that posted it, but I'm going to go ahead and trust the math on it. Using the win probability with Ken Palm and Sagram predictors for this weekend's games. Has Michigan State over Ohio State. Penn State, Maryland is a coin toss. Purdue over Illinois decidedly. Iowa over Nebraska decidedly. I don't know if I would say it's decidedly, but Indiana, a, a good uh, a two to one over India over Michigan. Rutgers taking care of Northwestern at home uh, by the same margin, and then Wisconsin winning on the road at Minnesota. So that's what they've got. Judging on that, the best chance to get the two seed is Iowa. A 75%. They've got the inside track here. If they get the win and everything plays out the way that Ken Palm and Sagarin would have you do. Now, that can be thrown for a loop here. But there's a 75% chance to get the two seed, just an 8% chance to take the three seed, 6% to take the four seed. They can go as far down as seven. If it's not them, then it's looking like Northwestern the next highest at nine, Maryland at 8%. That's how much you know, the math says that it's probably Iowa. Now, of course, if Iowa loses, a whole lot of different things happen. But Iowa's such a decided favorite against Nebraska, 82% favorite to win against Nebraska, that that's where it goes. So they'd be on the other side. Now you're worried about um, who's going to be in that four seed and three seed, right? Indiana, a 25% chance to be the three seed, a 30% chance to be the four seed. They can actually go as far down as nine if it all breaks correctly, although that's uh, pretty low odds. Decent chance they end up around seven, eight as well. Maryland actually the favorite to be the three seed at 38%. So Indiana the favorite to be uh, the four seed at 40%. You also care about, as a Purdue fan, what's going on in that 8-9 seed, right? Who's that 8-9 seed? Because that's who you are uh, scheduled to play next. And so, again, judging by the math here, the 8-9 seed... It's pretty tight here. Illinois is a 20% chance to be the 8 seed. They're also 31. They're the best odds to get the 7 seed, and they're the best odds to get the 8 seed right now. That's how fuzzy the math starts getting. But the 9 seed is a lot, a lot of different combinations here. Very good shot for it to be Northwestern at 31%, Rutgers at 32%, and Michigan State at 22%. Again, there's a chart, and it's so small to try to work out what has to happen for that to happen. is pretty darn hard. 
But those are your favorites to get uh, into the second uh, for, for that or that first game, I guess their second one of the Big Ten tournament. You're worried about that eight nine seed. What's that eight nine seed give you? I mean, if you want to work it, if you want to work it farther back. I mean, you could try to do that. But now you're predicting, you know, who wins, who gets in the 12 and 13 seed, and then who comes out between the 5 and the 4 seed for you to take on. And it's getting a little dicey at that point. But if it is Indiana, if I go by the percentages, Indiana at the 4, Michigan State at the 5, I mean, does it matter who comes out between 13 and 12? It does if it's going to be, you know, Ohio State's playing better, but are they going to be good enough to take on both those teams? Nebraska plays good defense, but those are two teams that have been bad, playing a little bit better recently, but are they playing good enough to make themselves a factor? I don't know that they are. But it was real interesting to see the math kind of break down with this because there's just so many possibilities. But we do know that, again, Purdue will be number one. They'll face the winner of the 8-9. 8-9 has a decent shot to have either Illinois, Northwestern, Michigan State. Rutgers could also pop in there. Out of those four teams, Illinois, Michigan State, Rutgers, and Northwestern, which one would you most rather face? In that first round. Look, I know Rutgers has been down. But I still don't like that matchup for the guards. Maybe you can get some better officiating in that one. I don't know. Same thing with Northwestern. I would love to have Michigan State again. I don't think I would mind having Illinois. But I probably want to stay away from Northwestern and, and Rutgers. They just they they were so good. They're uh, senior guard duos out there that just do a great job of pressuring our guards. They're bigger, more athletic too. It's caused the problems. I rather just avoid it. I know some people like, hey, I want the revenge. I want to get back at them. I rather just avoid it. If I'm gonna go for revenge, I would much rather go get it against Indiana. And you may get your chance. They end up in that four spot. So we'll see what happens here. He said there's some variance, but it really looks like Iowa's got the inside track and should be good to take the two seed. They can go as far down as seven. Most of these teams can go anywhere from uh, second to ninth. Uh, Indiana has the widest variance, second to ninth. Illinois can do that as well. But Iowa can only slide down as far as 7th. Maryland and Michigan can only slide as far down as 8th. Michigan State can't get to the 2 seed. But can go from 3 to 9. And Northwestern could go from 2 to 9 as well. And it's all mathematically possible, but like I said, 
put it into a, one of those predictor machines and see what you can get. Good luck. I'm not going to sweat over it. I just, just beat Illinois. Let's have a nice senior day in Mackey Arena. Let's get ourselves a nice cover. Let's get ourselves a nice win. And then let's just enjoy the double bye. And we'll just see where the chips fall. We'll see where they fall on Monday. We get a last break. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back. Things we missed. And we'll get you ready for the Boiler Basketball Show. Coming up on 1017 The Hammer. 1017. We're back on The Hammer Down Show. Coming up at the top of the hour, myself and Jeff Julik, uh, we will go in a whole nother hour and uh, do the Boiler Basketball Show here on uh, 1017 The Hammer. Alan Karpik, uh, Nate Barrett will be on with us here as well. Uh, we got a lot of questions and uh, a lot to talk about uh, with Purdue clinching their 25th uh, title, uh, Big Ten title, uh, since the last time we talked. So uh, that'll be good. Love to hear from them and what they're hearing and what they're thinking about all this. So, uh, yes, hang tight here. That's coming up at the top of the hour. Let's get into some of the things that we may have missed. My apologies for uh, not getting uh, Adam Shank mentioned in the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational. He had a good Day one, um, where what, what did he shoot around? Because he was up there. He shot a 68 on day one, and uh, I believe it was like a top 10 dude. It was top five. He's down 32 spots, though. Uh, three over today has not been as kind. He went out three, got a bogey, four double bogey, five bogey, and then got himself a birdie on six. He is through 14 right now and has stayed at par for the rest of it. Still be nice to... See the cut there. The projected cut is at plus one. He is at uh, one under right now. So uh, best of luck to Adam. Make another cut here. And uh, you would love to see that as a Purdue fan. Also, the odd story in the XFL that nobody's talking about, Orlando Guardians quarterback Quentin Dormany. By the way, Tennessee volunteer. I know you love hearing about that Tennessee orange around here. Um apparently through the first two weeks, was giving opposing teams Orlando's playbook. What? We don't know why. We don't know what he was given in return for this, if he was just doing this. The Guardians got out to an 0-2 start, and now all of a sudden things are kind of in perspectives. And get ready for the lawsuits on this, too. Gamblers will not take this stuff lightly. I don't understand how you get a chance to play football um, when you're not going to make an NFL roster and you squander it by doing the guy was he getting paid. Not like the team was he upset about something. I'm surprised this is not like a little bit of a bigger deal, but the guardians cut him. The XFL said they are investigating this. They removed all the stats. The league says the league is actively reviewing a personal uh, personnel issue regarding a player on the Guardians, who was released from the team yesterday. Additionally, information on the situation was brought to the attention of the league overnight. The league has reinstated the player while it conducts a formal investigation into the issue. It's under review. We'll share more. Who wants to pick him up? If you've been accused of dropping your playbook to your opponents, who wants to add that guy on the team? Who wants that guy in the foxhole? It's amazing. Uh, Also this week, and really we haven't talked a lot about it, but some of the reports are getting out there that the leaders of college football 
are in Indianapolis this week, and they're talking about you know rule changes. And one of the things that they've been talking about this week is shortening the game times. Running clocks after first down is awarded, except for the last two minutes of either half. Eliminating the option for teams to call consecutive timeouts and carrying over any fouls to the next period instead of finishing with an untimed down are all on the table. So they want to try to shorten these things by seven to eight minutes. I'm sorry, seven to, uh, yep. We want to shorten these things 10 minutes, they think, and uh, take out about 10 plays per game. If you're asking yourself why, I'm sure they'll tell you that it's it's running too long, four and a half hour games, a little bit. Yes, I get that. But honestly, I feel like there's another reason they're doing this is that they are going to expand the playoffs, which means these players are getting another game. All right. And that is another that's more contact. Uh, that's more injuries. That's more wearing down of players. If you can take out 10 plays a game and you do that over the course of what, 12 games? Haven't you essentially eliminated a game and the amount of plays in a game? I mean, that's the target. And they're just going to add on another game for the college football playoffs to most of these teams. And that's why they want to do this, I think. I think that's the sneaky, you know, and and granted, I want less injuries too. I don't think that they need to be as long with these games as they do, but quite honestly, you do things like instant replay to slow these things down. But I'd be remiss if I say I, I love the underdog comebacks, and I think if you're eliminating all this, this is not going to help that. But I get it. It's about money. There's an end game. And I also like to see players uh, not tax their bodies as much. And if you can take out a game over the course of a season uh, in order to do that for most of them, then I, I think that's that's good stuff. All right, hang tight. Coming up next, the Boiler Basketball Show is on the way. Alan Karpik and Nate Baird is coming on with myself and Jeff Julik. You don't want to miss out on that. That's at the top of the hour here on 101.7 The Hammer. Haley's Lock Safe and Key has been keeping your stuff safe since 1969 and is a proud dealer of quality safes from Browning. These 2023 safes from Browning are ideal for storing your firearms, documents, and valuables with their patented innovations and proven fire protection. Come see the 2023 Browning safes at Haley's Lock Safe and Key, 414 North Earl Avenue in Lafayette, and at 200 West Spring Street in Crawfordsville. That's Haley's, Haley's Lock Safe and Key. 